say anything. You're for sure right now. Don't yeah. say a word. <laughs> that, uh, it's like you've definitely Stop done it. that before. Welcome, everybody. That's two in a Welcome row. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast, a Christian podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh-huh. I'm your host, Shane, with negative Nancy all the time, Eric. <laughs> no, I'm just being, I'm a realist. I've no, told you that. Negative. I told you I'm a realist. You for sure have done that. There's no doubt about you it. You don't. Yeah, I do. I listen in to the same you. cadence. I don't know. I don't know about cadence. I don't think so. You've definitely done that before, you baby. What? What? Speaking of babies, I don't understand why you have to resort to name calling. But yeah, yeah. Speaking of babies, well, Eric, I think that you have um, a little bit of news well, to share with people. Well, I feel people, bad. Huh? Okay. I feel bad for the listeners because at this point, everyone knows, and it's assumed that the listeners who are like family to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I assume they knew too, but um, for anyone that doesn't know, is not friends with me on, on any social medias or whatever, um, I'm expecting, well, not me, but our family is expecting our third child. Yeah, so yeah. So that's third big news. And, and probably last. Uh-huh. Erica says for sure last. <laughs> I say probably last. Why do you say probably? Because I have two girls, Brooklyn and Savannah, mm-hmm. and I really want a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be what I prefer. And um, we don't know if this is a boy or girl. I think we find out. By the time this is out, we might know. Um, so we probably... You know, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? <laughs> why don't we do... Don't I know that you, you... Whenever you can find out, just get the doctor or the nurse to write down the gender. No. In I'm an not envelope. Doing this. Bring it home, and we will reveal it live on a podcast <sighs> and get your reaction. No, there's no way I can't. <laughs> Come on, because I don't want to cry. <laughs> I don't want to cry. Well, um, this is a whole different story. Gender reveal parties. What do you think about those? Are, are you asking me if I'm for them or against yeah. them? Yeah. Um, I I have a feeling that you have strong opinions about this. I'm not um, a big fan of them. I think, I'll say no, I'm not a big fan. Here's what I think. Go okay, ahead. Here's what I think. Okay, go ahead. I think that if you do a gender reveal party. To have people come together and 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 it be a surprise for you, then I think that's great. If you're doing it to have two baby showers and you expect people to bring a gift to both of them, then I think that's messed up. I, Does I that make sense? Yes, I and I agree with that. I'm not a big. I I, I think most time it's like another way to celebrate you yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I have been to some like I went to one that it was Erica's very close friend mm-hmm. and it was just her family and mm-hmm. just like us. Yeah. And we just, and we didn't really That's have cool. to go. We didn't bring a gift. Yeah. And and they didn't know didn't it was just similar. it was just they were like they wanted to find out with family. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. When you throw a party mm-hmm. and it's a way to get more gifts, then I hate it. If you yeah and I and I won't go. Yeah, I, if, you, if you're expecting people to bring gifts to your gender reveal party, then I think that that's a little wrong. Yeah, and honestly, when it comes to baby showers, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a big component of like when we had Brooklyn, had, yeah. we had a couple baby showers. We were actually really blessed, and yeah, and so are we. Probably had too many baby showers because church two. threw one, her family threw one, my and like she had three, I think. Wow, That's a ton of baby showers. We didn't want three, we didn't yeah. plan three, but it was so we were really lucky with that. When Savannah came, we said we're no baby showers because we already had a girl, we already had all the stuff we needed, right? So they threw a sprinkle, which was just close it was like seven people it was just oh that's cool all the sisters like sisters and, like your your wife was there yeah sister yeah. sister-in-laws and the and the parents that mm-hmm. was it mm-hmm. so that makes sense mm-hmm. when you throw another baby shower when you've already had the same <laughs> sex uh-huh 
Then now, why? if you have a different sex, then throw a baby you shower. Need, you need you the need, stuff. Yeah. You need stuff. I get it. Right, right. Uh, but same sex, you don't need it. Yeah. You just you just want to celebrate you again. How many times <laughs> we gotta celebrate you? We get it. You had sex. Cool. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, right. But yeah. So can you yeah. tell that this is hosted by two guys? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Our our guest actually said like, yeah, my husband listened a lot. He said it's kind of a guy show. Yeah. <laughs> like, we try to not be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tell me if I'm. But uh, listen, female listeners, tell me if I'm mistake. If I'm missing something well, here. Well, here's I know. Thing, I know it's not hard. For me, I had the fun part of the whole pregnancy thing. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not carrying a baby. Here's, here's the thing is that um, showers and those sort of things, guys aren't interested in anyways. So like there, I think – I don't know if this is all all girls or – or I'm, I'm sure it's not all girls. But I, if you're a girl, maybe you can let us know. Do you enjoy going to baby showers or, or are you like, oh, my goodness, another baby shower? I bet it depends on I'm sure it depends on the person. Um, but. Same like bridal shower. It depends mm-hmm. on the person. Because um, obviously for us guys, if, first off, if somebody throws a baby I'm, I'm shower. I just about to ask you, have and, you ever had to go to one? Um, uh, it's, I was invited, and I didn't go. I had to go to. And Lauren just went. I had to go to. We had one at our house, and um, it was Frank and Michelle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Frank has been on. He's The music you listen to at the beginning and yeah. the end is him. Um and he came because mm-hmm. he had to come. Yeah. So Erica yeah. said, I had to stay. I said, fine, we're going to my room, closing the door and watching the Ravens game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> especially during football, man. It wasn't just football. It was the AFC Championship game. Oh, yeah, that's it's right. It's the Patriots. And yeah. I was trying to get you to come. Yeah, and, and I was like, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, um, but, I've, been but, invited, but, I've been invited to other ones. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going. Do not invite me to, to a baby shower. Invite Lauren all you want. If you want, you can invite me to take the the husband or, yeah. or father out, out. food. I've done that food. before. So have I. That's what I did for, someone took um, Lauren's dad and her uncle and, and brother, they took me out during Lauren's baby shower. Yeah. That was awesome. I had to stay for one of mine. That yeah. sucked. Yeah. You, I, yeah. I that, that. That's what you should do. Take the husband out, the father yeah. out, because they don't want to be there. They're stuck. <laughs> Wait, and, hold on a second. We were just sitting here talking about how <laughs> we're, we're ragging on women for for wanting all these different baby showers and presents and gifts and we're like you know what stop thinking about the women and think about the guy a little bit more and take us out and take us no, out no. because we don't want to go to your stupid party <laughs> no, it's all no, about no. us that's not what i'm saying that's, but that's exactly what we sound here's, like here's 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 for anyone that's expecting right now <laughs> here's i'm going to clue this in you might have the best husband boyfriend whatever you ever and they say they don't care about going they don't want to go mm-hmm so and you don't need him there. You gotta yeah. have your female friends. He just gonna know what he's gonna do. He's gonna annoy you. Yeah, because he's gonna be like, "What are we leaving? Yeah, what's we doing this? Ooh, he's gonna, gonna start packing the car. Yeah, could, so say, hey, call a friend. Tell them to take you out during it. I'll call you when I need you to pack the car and yeah. be back here and do that. Boom. That helps you. Trust me. You don't want him yes. there. Yes. He's not gonna be any, do anything good for you there. <laughs> so so that's that's what I would recommend and That's as fair. and the guy would love it yeah yeah he would yeah. rather do that anyways how you have one kid one kid uh born the same day yeah as my second daughter a year apart yeah that that's I said I said when she was born I was like man what are the odds of that and my dad said uh 365 yeah of course thanks dad. <laughs> thanks dad has, hashtag and he was, yeah <laughs> anyways but um yeah we have a, a one-year-old daughter and she's how, getting crazy and fun and all those sort of things so what kind of personality does she have she is a goof that's yeah. how I always describe her because just like just like her dad, <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyways, so um, she she I, I think I'm it's really embarrassed so, by that noise that is yeah, made. <laughs> I think that it's so funny now that she tries to be funny. 
Like she is totally 100% aware of when she's being funny. Yeah. And she tries to make me laugh. Yeah. Like when that started happening, that was like the best thing ever for me. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, this is awesome. Like I will laugh at her and then she'll like look at me, notice that I laugh. And then be like, huh? huh? Dad, you like this? Is this funny? And I'm like, yeah, I do. It's funny. So I, I Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And that's it only gets really better cool. the older she gets. It only gets better. So that that that's really fun. But. Bro- Brooklyn, my oldest, is like the calm, shy one, timid one. Um, I mean, you know this. Mm-hmm. And Savannah is insane. Yeah. What do you? What's your nickname for Savannah? The Savanimal. Yeah, and it's very appropriate. I, I, every time I see her, she's just like, ah, and I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, the Savanimal. <laughs> yeah. She, but she, she really cracks me up. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn, the wor- the the thing I'm worried about with Brooklyn is. If I raise my voice at all to her, then she freaks out. I did you that, did that to t- today. today you so just- I watched your kids this afternoon because you had a lunch meeting. And so Savannah was taking a nap. The Savannah mole was taking a nap. Trying. Trying, trying to tone down. Right. And Brooklyn has quiet time where she just plays in her room because she doesn't nap anymore. And she was playing, but she was being really loud while playing, and she shares a wall with this of animal. So I was like, Savannah's not going to fall asleep. So I, I just walked up there, and I opened the door, and I was like, hey, Brooklyn, Savannah's trying to sleep. Could you could you just play a little bit quieter? Yeah. She looked at me and just immediately boohooed. And that was exactly what I said, I promise. I didn't I raise my yeah. voice. I was just like, I know. Brooklyn, maybe just a little, a little bit quieter, quieter. And she just... Boo cried. Yeah, I'm, I we're worried that she's gonna have like terrible anxiety when she gets older because she's so nervous about things and she's uh, so worried about yeah, that yeah. stuff. So like when it comes to punishing her, I gotta we gotta be like yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah. If I at all raise my voice, then she's done. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I need to. Savannah. Yeah. I raise my voice and say, "Don't say mine again." That's her favorite <laughs> word, mine. And she look at me and go, "Mine." <laughs> and then I'll, I hit her hand. That's like kind of. And if I don't do it hard enough, uh-huh. she just looks at me and goes, mine. <laughs> and so I have to like do it where I know it hurt her. Wow. And it actually makes her cry. I have, to, a- I have to make sure she's crying. <laughs> I do. Savannah. I know that sounds terrible. But if I, she's not crying, then she did not get punished. Yeah, she yeah. has to cry in order for me to know that she wow. is not enjoying what she's doing. But anyways, so um, we, we talk, we're talking about kids yeah. uh, because we had a very special guest on yeah. today. Holly Kalana um, is a is a friend of mine, and um, her husband Billy, as as she talks about a little bit in the interview, um, uh, we went to middle school together and have been great friends ever since then. Um, he moved away to Virginia Beach once he got into high school, but we've still remained in touch. We we visited each other, all those sort of things. One of those friends that like. You know, even you don't talk to them forever. Yeah. When you do, it's like it's yes, like oh yeah, yeah yeah. It's like oh we're in middle school again. Yeah. Um. And so uh. So B- Billy and Holly um. Uh, they have they have a really unique story and a really challenging story um as parents, and uh, it's one that uh when I, when I heard about what was going on with Billy and Holly um I, I contacted Billy and 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 talked to him a little bit and and said I'm praying for him and all these sort of things. Uh. But it's something that a parent never should go through. And obviously would never want to go through, um, and it's a really powerful story. So uh, uh, Holly also has a has a podcast that they just started called Through the Lens, um, and you can find it on iTunes or anywhere you find your podcast. You you can find it, and um, it's brand new. It's only been at, at at the time that we're recording this three episodes out, yep. but I think they'll have a fourth one by the time that we release this episode. And um, uh, so we, I want to encourage you to go and check them out, listen to them, and uh, it's a really powerful podcast. I don't want to give too much away because uh, Holly's going to share her story, but it's a really yeah. powerful podcast about going through difficult times and how you handle that as as a Christian. Yeah, and how you remain, how your faith remains even during the worst 
yeah, type things that can happen. So, right. but um, in this interview, I, I and I mentioned this as well, but I, I'm I'm blown away by how vulnerable and open Holly is through the interview. Yep. Um, and we really appreciate um, her her coming on and sharing her story. So we'll get right to the interview with Holly. So I live in Norfolk, Virginia, which is southeastern Virginia, Hampton Roads area, pretty close to North Carolina, like by the beach. Mm-hmm. So, so how, how far is that from, from us? us? It's it's only a few hours, three, three hours from Baltimore. It probably it's been a while. Yeah. I feel like with traffic, it would probably take a little bit longer traffic. to get up there. Oh. Virginia traffic is the worst. Ah. I in Northern Virginia traffic yes. is the worst. Yeah, that, <laughs> I never get past it. Yeah. I give up. I go yeah. home. You never make it quite <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Holly, tell us a little bit about about um, your story, how you guys started your podcast um, through the lens, which is uh, which is an awesome, awesome podcast, and and the stories that that you and your co-host have. Tell us a little little bit about what got you to the point to start that, um, and a little bit about your story. Yeah. So again. Um, my husband, Billy, and I, who uh, I'm not sure if your listeners already know this, but mm-hmm. Billy and Shane uh, were childhood friends. Yeah. And um, in fact, I was asking Billy as I was preparing uh, to be on your show of any embarrassing stories that I could share. <laughs> oh, do you have uh, any? Oh, no. Do you have and, any? Well, the, I didn't ask for details, but uh, <sighs> Go the most I, I could get out of him um, was that about the time that your braces got stuck to his sweater. <laughs> that <laughs> totally happened. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, we were in school, and he like we like ran into each other, and my braces caught onto his sweater. It was so embarrassing. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> How did you ever it, it date a girl? Like there's a whole heck of a lot more that he could have shared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I was I was in your guy's wedding too, which was really yeah. really fun. So so we go we go way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so Billy and I got married. We uh, met in high school. Uh, Billy and his family moved down this way when we were in high school and we got married um, right after college. We went to the same college, Old Dominion University. And got married um, in 2009. And about um, four years into our marriage, we decided to um, start trying to build our family and start mm-hmm. trying for a baby. Um, and we've been married for eight years. So this was about four years ago that we started kind of this process mm-hmm. um, of trying to build our family. And um, up to that point in our lives, um, we really had pretty smooth, like, not a lot of suffering or trials. Um, our faith mm-hmm. hadn't ever really been tested. We were firm in our faith, um, just very much like Christians for a very long time walking with the Lord. Um, but again, had never really been tested. And I uh, started trying to build our family. And that's kind of when um, when things kind of took a turn for um, the crazy. And we were we ran into a lot of different situations and life experiences that we never would have guessed. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting out, it took us a couple, it took us about eight months to finally get pregnant, um, which seems like kind of the first trial um, mm-hmm. kind of put in our path of just the, the whole kind of waiting process, which um, again, may not seem that long to some people, but to us, it mm-hmm. was, you know, we were ready four years into well, our marriage. So. Our, my, my first kid, it was 
I think we waited six months and, and we were struggling after six months. And I, yeah. and, and I know people that have been trying for a year or yeah, two yeah. years or years. And when I hear that, I'm like, I can't even imagine because yeah. I had to wait six months and it was hard. Yeah. So I can't Absolutely. imagine that long right, right. Of, of waiting. So eight for months sure. might not seem like a lot to some people, but when you're in it, it's yeah, forever. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we were in it for eight months and then had a really great surprise um, when I got the positive pregnancy test, went in uh, for ultrasound and discovered that we were expecting twins, um, oh, identical wow. twins. So that was a big kind of just obviously totally just joyful kind of shock and mm-hmm. shared pretty quickly the news with friends and family and celebrating and planning. Um, and then 10 weeks into the pregnancy, I did lose both babies mm. uh, to miscarriage. So that was kind of our first um, just wrestling, you know, with the Lord on that and, and what his plans were um, for just kind of the future of our family and trying mm-hmm. to reconcile um, his allowance of these babies, mm-hmm. um, you know, being gone so soon. Um, we did start trying again pretty soon after we lost that first set of twins and got pregnant, um, with our son, Benjamin. Mm -hmm. So again, just very happy time celebrating, um, this new life growing inside of me. And, um, at my 20 week ultrasound, you know, that's the big ultrasound. Yep. um, Yeah. Yeah. Anatomy scan, right. That you guys Uh have both been through. And, um, you know, you kind of, you go in and you never expect anything to happen to you. You know, you hear stories from other people, but you know, I I like to say, it's kind of like, your house burning down, like, you know, that can happen to other people, but it's never gonna happen to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, and, and we had that kind of house burning down experience where, um, went through the scan and just kind of didn't really think anything of the fact that the ultrasound tech was taking quite a while to scan me. Um, it was our first experience being yeah. in this. So you didn't know any better. Yeah. And yeah. We didn't know any different. And we were just like really happy looking at, um, found out that he was a boy and just looking at our pictures in the waiting room, waiting to meet with the doctor and, my doctor, um, who's like super friendly and um, kind of bubbly personality, um, came to get us and was um, pretty serious. And again, didn't really think anything of it, called us into her office and sat us down. And um, again, real serious look on her face. And she kind of, I forget how she said it, but basically told us that they had found some problems. Mm. Um, so we didn't know what we were about to hear. But um, mainly, I remember the, the first thing she said was that um, our son appeared to have a cleft lip and palate, mm-hmm. um, which, and she said some other things too, but we kind of, um, we kind of stopped at that and we thought, wow, like that's, we almost, I don't want to say we were amused by it because that's not the right term, but we were almost like, just really kind of like, well, that's bizarre. Like mm-hmm. cleft lip and palate, like, okay, I guess he'll have to have some surgeries and that's, wow, that's interesting. You know, we don't have any experience in either side of our families of any birth defects or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yep. Um, she kind of mentioned too, you know, she wanted us to go see a high risk doctor, but kind of mentioned that there were problems seeing all the chambers of his heart and, um, some of his other organs as well. But mm-hmm. those were kind of an aside, um, aside that she mentioned, I think she didn't want to go into too much detail without us seeing the high risk doctor. So kind of went about our way and, um, ended up seeing the high risk doctor where it was confirmed, um, there that Benjamin did actually in fact have the, uh, the cleft, bilateral cleft lip and palate, as well as some very severe heart defects. Um, so, yeah, the doctor sat us down and uh, basically described to us, and I won't go into a ton of detail because it gets a little medical and a little confusing, but um, 
basically what he had was he had something called an interrupted aortic arch. Mm. So um, if you think of the heart, the aorta is the main blood vessel coming off of the heart and sends blood to the rest of the body. Um, his was split into two pieces. Mm. So um, the implications of that were, you know, upon birth, he would need pretty immediate surgery um, to have blood flow to the rest wow. of his body. Like once he was out of my womb. Um, he also was missing an entire chamber of his heart, Jeez. Um, which was severe, very yeah. severe. Um, issues with his valves, a lot of just a lot of heart stuff, very like complex stuff. Um, missing a kidney, so everyone has, you know, most people born with two mm-hmm. kidneys, mm-hmm. just a lot of things mm. um, that, um, to make it, again, a long story short, we ended up getting transferred just with his heart problems. Again, we live in kind of southeastern Virginia. We have a great children's hospital here um, locally, right down the road from us. I mean, within walking distance of where we lived at the time. Um, but Benjamin's heart problems were so severe that we actually were referred out to a very special mm. uh, children's hospital in Philadelphia, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, where um, it's like the number, it's like mm. one of the top three yeah. heart children's hospitals in the world i've actually know people who have gone who who've been sent there as well from this area so because it's not too far yeah for Mm -hmm. sure yeah that's um and i mean i had never heard of you know again Mm -hmm. we didn't have any experience with any of this sort of thing um in either of our families so so that was pretty just uh a big kind of um unveiling of whoa like this is this is going to be a a serious path that you Mm -hmm. know the lord is asking us to walk um, we, we left our, so when I was really, they wanted me up there before, um, about a month before Benjamin was due, right. just in case into early labor. So we, we packed up our stuff. Um, mm-hmm. we left kind of Benjamin's finished nursery at home and, um, headed up to Philadelphia. Uh, and this was in March of 2015. So about two and a half years ago. And we got there, and um, that's where we remained for the next three, three and a half months, mm-hmm. um, where Benjamin was born. He, um, we found out kind of before he was born, there were some prenatal ultrasounds, had everything confirmed, and also learned um, that Benjamin kind of, they pieced all of his, um, his malformations together and gave us the diagnosis of CHARGE syndrome. Mm-hmm. What, what's um, that? Yeah, so CHARGE syndrome is a rare syndrome. Um, you can think of like Down syndrome. Uh-huh. Um, well, CHARGE syndrome, again, is much more rare, and um, it, there's not as much information about there uh, about it as um, there is for some of the other syndromes out there with it being so rare. But um, just some some things for that CHARGE people have, um, typical things, um, probably the scariest, for, for me at least, um, well, I guess probably the scariest is the heart problems. But yeah. for me at the time, not knowing how severe his heart defects, you know, what they would lead to, um, learning that my son could be born both deaf and blind. Oh, wow. uh, so heart syndrome is a really like leading cause of death blindness, both mm. again, deaf and blindness. So I'm um, getting that news, just trying to prepare for our, our, you know, first son to be born and not knowing whether he'd be able to see us or hear us. Mm. Um, so, really, so even so, even if everything after he was born was fine, even with that, you would you would most likely have a son that couldn't hear you or or see you, even if sure. everything with a heart. So, mm. best case mm. scenario, it's a super rough road coming up. Exactly. But, but, yeah, and we knew. I mean, this is going to be special needs. 
mm-hmm. um, child that, that we're about to welcome into our family. And um, we found out that charged people have definitely have developmental delays um, ranging from like mild to severe mental retardation. Um, and so just, yeah, not knowing if Benjamin would ever be able to yeah, hear us, see us, or mm. understand anything about us yeah. or about the world that he was entering into. Um, and also not knowing what he would look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a vague idea from ultrasound pictures, but having a child with um, a bilateral cleft lip and palate really changes, you know, their appearance from, yeah. from what is normal. So just a lot of fears, a lot of unknowns. Um, I will say uh, the concept of him dying was never brought to the table. Really? They didn't they um, didn't give you like a like a percentage like he would have this much percent per, percentage of living or this much chance. No. Mm. And you know what? If they did, we didn't hear it. Yeah. Uh, but I'll be honest, I really cuz I I'm a pretty like realistic person mm-hmm. um and and medical kind of things like that don't don't scare me and um I mean this of course like having a beer and child is is scary but um, hearing like in detail what was going on with him, I, I felt very much like I had a good grasp on the reality mm-hmm. and the gravity of the situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, and all the research that I did and meetings with doctors, um, the kind of the, the phrases we used were about when he got home, how we care for him and mm. when, you know, we were transferred back to our hometown, like yeah. the doctors he'd be seeing. There were never any ifs. Right. It was always when. Okay. Um, and we felt like that too. And, yeah. and just our taking it to the Lord, like, Lord, we, we really feel and believe that, um, you called us to prepare his nursery and mm-hmm. that he's going to be coming home with us, that you prepared a place for him in our home and in our, in our family. So, and, um, and I remember when my kids were born and when they're telling us medical stuff, I don't know anything. So if they don't act like the that you should really worry whether they're going to survive or not then i wouldn't even think twice because like oh well i assume they're if if they're saying yeah well when baby comes home then okay the baby's coming home it just it's gonna it's gonna suck when it's first born and and making sure the uh, the heart's fine so so going in you're meant totally mentally preparing yourself and it probably took a while for you to grasp the mm-hmm. fact that you'd have a, a child with so many different needs and how you're going to handle that and things like that, mm-hmm. that, that, yeah. that the, the fact of loss doesn't even come into play. So then you get to the point where, where you're having, having um, Benjamin. Um, how, how far along was it early, an early delivery? Or uh, no, he was full term. Okay. Uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, they had a really, I had an amazing birth experience with him. He was able to... Uh, be born, yeah, very much naturally, and was even able to hold him on my chest for oh, wow. a okay. minute or two, um, which was a big blessing. I just, in my mind, I just imagined he would have to be whisked yeah. away immediately. And mm-hmm. um, no, it, it was an interesting thing I learned that um, cardiac babies often do well with like regular births and don't wow. often C-section. So that was a really great um great blessing for me to be able to labor with him mm-hmm. um, and have that time to connect mm-hmm. with him, yeah, you know, and yeah. really have play that role of bringing him into the world. Yep. So, um, so when, when he's born, um, what happens next after, right after he's born? Oh, just, I mean, like any parent, total whirlwind and yeah. <laughs> um, it looked differently for us, but um, very much just the whole like, just trying to figure out like, man, like here's our child is here and just be able to celebrate that while at the same time, um, 
just the reality of, you know, him, he was after those few moments whisked away um, mm-hmm. by a team of doctors and um, sent away to the, um, so you have like the NICU and then you have um, at, at CHOP at least the cardiac ICU. So mm-hmm. he was in the CICU, which is like a specialized NICU just for cardiac babies. Oh, wow. Um, so, yep. So Benjamin, uh, again, and that's, that's kind of where he was sent to. And, um, it's just kind of to be a little bit concise. He, uh, wound up at, um, day six, uh, six days old is when he had his first open heart surgery. Wow. Um, yeah. so yeah, just, just, um, seeing him off into that, um, surgery to have his aortic arch repaired, which was successful. Um, which was really great and, um, just, um, waiting for him to kind of heal up from that, uh, to be able to gain some more weight because he definitely needed a second. We knew he needed a second open heart surgery, um, just with his chamber and valve issues as well. But the aortic arch was the first, um, to be attended to. And we didn't, we knew at this point that he could see, which was great. Um, his eyes were assessed. So that was a huge, like, that was one of my biggest prayers. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was awesome and just just trying to enjoy him as much as we could without being able to we weren't able to hold mm-hmm. him. Um so just trying to yeah, learn basically us learning how to be parents um mm-hmm. under the eyes of you know, the medical staff and uh he had one on one nurse, um, you know, so there's always a nurse in the room, which was great for him, but a little awkward when you're yeah. trying to learn how to parent your, you know, your first child, um, such a tense environment Mm -hmm. and get to know them and bond and all that good stuff. And, um, figuring out how to pump milk for him and Mm -hmm. just that whole thing of, you know, we, we definitely still had the sleepless nights and the, uh, Mm -hmm. all kind of the normal stuff in addition, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, so first heart surgery recovered, you know, I guess, well, uh, we can say well, but, um, he ended up actually it's, it's interesting. Um, what started to be kind of where we really ran into the problems, um, recovering from the heart surgery, his heart was doing much better. Um, but his, his lungs actually were starting to, uh, be the problem just in the, with the recovery aspect. Again, I won't go into too much of the medical detail, but, um, long story short there, he wound up having to be on, um, he, he wound up having to get a tracheostomy. So mm-hmm. I don't, do you guys know what a trach is or a tracheostomy? Uh, my wife does. I know that. <laughs> okay. Is she a nurse? Yeah, she is. Okay. Okay. I feel like I knew that, yeah. but, um, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So way smarter than um, Shane. Way smarter. <laughs> well, but, but aren't we all? <laughs> we'll move forward from that. <laughs> uh, no comment there, but so and again, these are all things that I'm learning too. And, um, as we kind of went along through this, so Benjamin was unable to breathe, um, on his own, um, after the surgery. And so he wound up a tracheostomy is basically when someone gets, um, like a tube inserted into their trachea, their windpipe, mm-hmm. um, which connects to the lungs and, um, they wind up breathing, through the tube and it's often connect, um, connected to like a ventilator, which, um, the machine kind of like breathes for them. And I'm probably mm, yeah. not doing a great job describing that, but it's kind of an overview. Right. Um, so Benjamin got a tracheostomy put in when he was a month old, which again is a severe surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned kind of going into the trach surgery that, um, the implications of this meant that, um, when, again, when he came home, he would need, um, a 24 hour nurse. So we would oh, have wow. a nurse living in our 
with us, um, you know, around the clock. So just again, to care for the trach and mm-hmm. changing it out, cleaning and caring, um, really big, big job. Um, but one that we were like, so like ready to take on. I mean, we mm-hmm. were like all in this yeah. whole process. We we're all in, mm-hmm. um, just again, you do anything you, yeah. Yeah. you can for of course. kids. It's like of not course. even a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when um, when did things start to become more of a reality as to what was about to happen for you? Yeah, so it was actually after the trach surgery. He also got just a very standard, um, he got a G-tube put in, which is a feeding tube inserted into the stomach with his cleft. He couldn't take food uh, by mouth. And um, the G-tube, actually, that surgery was when kind of things started really spiraling down. Um, he, we had like this one day post-surgery trach and G-tube that we were actually like just kind of enjoying our son. And Mm -hmm. um, we saw, this was again a little over, this was probably closer to two months of age um, at this point where we actually saw him like start to smile. Oh, wow. And so we were just enjoying, I mean, he'd been in so much pain and pain, you know, trying to control his pain post-surgery up to this point that um, this was like a really just great moment for us and um, being able to see him smile Mm -hmm. a little bit. And um and then, like, the next minute, um, there started to be some severe things happening where um, his stomach actually tore uh, from the Jeep. It was, like, a very rare complication that, like, never happens, apparently never happens. Um, mm. His stomach tore, and uh, he had to be rushed in for emergency surgery, and um, he wound up getting um, a really severe infection um, from kind of that whole situation. And he, from that point, continued to spiral down, uh, never beat the infection, not even with 30 days of antibiotics. Wow. And mm-hmm. again, the, the best, you have like the best doctors at the best children's hospital, mm-hmm. um, literally like just scratching their heads, meeting together, not knowing what to do next uh, mm-hmm. for, for our child. And um, that's when the, the doctors um, started to have like some real talks with us about, you know, you know, that this is, um, the, the idea of death was, you know, started to be brought to the table. Um, We were basically given two options at this point. We were given the option that, um, we could try for that second heart surgery just to see if there's like any chance that somehow by some miracle it worked in his favor. Mm -hmm. Um, chances were slim, but it was an option. Um, and our surgeon actually did feel somewhat confident that she'd be able to tide him over a bit until, you know, Mm -hmm. something else could happen. Um, or we could choose palliative care, which is basically hospice or keeping him comfortable Mm -hmm. until he died on his own. So, um, yeah, so it was just new parents were presented with this choice. (sighs) Couldn't imagine. uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was really absolutely surreal. And, um, we chose pretty quickly, um, you know, prayerfully chose uh, to go with the surgery. Again, we mm-hmm. wanted to try everything that mm-hmm. we could yep. do. We were not ready to just, yeah, I don't want to say I, goodbye. That's what I would have yeah. done. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so we chose that option, and uh, Benjamin went in for heart surgery um, for that second open heart surgery. And um, and that was that was more or less the end. He, he came out of it, and then um, kind of the five days following – were the real like touch and go days of he's mm-hmm. either going to take a turn for the better or, you know, it was going to be the end. And, um, yeah. So in, in those five days, I mean, we had, we saw him go through, um, intense pain, like that wasn't really able to be managed. Um, there's a lot of factors with blood pressure and, 
uh, pain medication, like Mm -hmm. tension there, trying to balance the two. So we saw him just in a lot of pain and um, swelling and um, organ failure, his single kidney, his liver, uh, his lungs, obviously his heart was in failure. Mm -hmm. Um, Just one by one, his organs started to fail. And um, I mean, it was to the point where, again, we were presented with, okay, like, Mm -hmm. he's he's getting worse and you know you guys kind of need to decide like when you want to pull you know pull the final plug from his life support um at this point and and that's when we like i mean obviously like (laughs) i'm speaking casually about it Mm because i I can't even try to encompass all the emotion surrounding uh the situation but we we told the lord like god we cannot choose like when to pull our son's life support like you've got to this is between you and Benjamin. Like you've got to do this for us. Like we we're done. Like we're mm-hmm. done here. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we can't make any more decisions. So, um, and he did like the Lord made it clear when, when it was time. So June 30th of 2015, um, Billy and I held our son, Benjamin as his, um, pacemaker was turned off and his, uh, ventilator was turned off and all the, the monitors were shut down and, um, and we held him as he, um, slipped into eternity and, um, that was, yeah, I mean, again, (laughs) Mm. I could, I could say, I could talk for forever about it or Mm -hmm. say nothing at all. And (laughs) it's just, Uh, well, I, we, I really appreciate your honesty and, and, and your vulnerability and your willingness to share your story. And, um, uh, Throughout all of this and throughout the these, especially these final moments in the end with your son, Benjamin, what was your relationship with God like? Because um, you, as long as I've known you and as long as I've known Billy, you guys have been solid uh, Christians. You've uh, been been in, in good places for most of your life. Um, so how was, how was that? Yeah, um, that's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> of yeah. course. I mean, uh, I would say our relationships with God were the same. Um, we're children of God and our identity is, is in that and, um, just through the blood of Jesus. So that stayed the same. Um, Mm. it looked maybe a little bit differently. Uh, It sounds really simple. Um, how it played out for me, I I won't speak for Billy. Um, but for me, how it played out was it looked really ugly. So, um, the truths were still there and the foundation of course, um, and the roots are deep, but, um, there's a lot of, like yelling and kicking and screaming too. So I want to be really real about that. Of course, yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's no other, there's no other option. You know, where else, where else am I going to go? You know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but to to lean in and to hang on, even kicking and screaming. So, um, mm. so it looked like both of those things: leaning in and also, um, yeah, that makes sense. Really mad, really really mad of too, course. and, and of confused. I mean, um, that, that's an incredible way to think about it, though, yeah. too. Because I mean, I've thought about if something happened to my kids, mm-hmm. and and I've thought like, what I don't even know if I could still have this faith or or what. And I'm a pastor, like, and yeah. I've thought sure, about sure. and and then thinking about like just your situation and you saying he had this unique thing that no other kid had, and then his stomach tears, which never happens to anyone else. It's all unique, unique, and it's like I I can only imagine the kind of uh, anger yeah. that comes out of that. But to stay angry with a God you still believe in mm-hmm. is a a huge. Yeah. A huge demonstration of your faith, and nobody, nobody knows. It, nobody can know how they would react to a situation like that until they are in that a situation like that. 
nobody can predict sure. it. Um, and and I think that all of us would like to think that we would have the faith that you that you have and that and that Billy still has. Um, and that's our, all of our prayers. But uh, we've seen pastors go through things that aren't as difficult as what you've gone through and lose their faith and mm. great people who, who seem to have solid, a solid relationship with God lose their faith over things. So that's always our prayer, but we don't, we don't have the answer. Yeah. So the qu- question yeah. is, is it maybe because it's not as solid as we think for those people? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Cause like, cause the way you said it was well, other option. Cause I know there's yeah. a God. So yeah. what else am I going to do? I could be, I'll be angry at him, mm-hmm. but so may, yeah. maybe it's just, and I don't know, because I haven't gone through anything that tough before. No. I don't know. I think a big part of it is we say, you know, what our faith is built on. But when it comes down to it, and we say we trust God, and we say God is good, but deep in our hearts, and even still in my spirit in many ways that I'm still working through, um, we're trusting God that he will give us X, Y, Z. We're trusting that God is good because he does you know, fill in the blank for us. So we have to really strip that away. Like, no, what are we actually trusting the Lord for? Mm -hmm. Why is he actually good? Is it because he does stuff for us or is it because of just who he is on principle alone? Nothing else added. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's been the biggest, and that is a hard, painful lesson. And one that I'd like to say I've learned, but in many ways I still am definitely learning. You know, and we'll roll. I, I think I think God strips it away from us at yeah. some point. Like yeah. in this world, we will have trouble. We all go through something. It might not be uh, as unique a situation as yours, but it, it will be something for all of us that's mm-hmm. like a real tough doubt, doubting is there still a God type situation because that's going to happen. It's, it's life. He promises that that's going to happen. Yeah. So I think we'll all find that. Yeah. Um, so when you're going through your this time and you're you're grieving and you're and you're wrestling with with god with your anger and things like that what are some of the things that people said to you that were like the worst things like the worst <laughs> things they could have said to you oh man so you have so to for, laugh yeah, you so. have to laugh because if you don't yeah. laugh right so right. for people like because i know some people are probably saying it to their best of intentions mm-hmm. and oh, people totally. that are listening are probably saying the best of intentions but it's good to know what is not helpful yeah. in those and also what what was helpful yeah so I would say, and again, I could talk for, and <laughs> I obviously did talk for a while because I have a whole podcast episode on this uh, mm-hmm. about things that people say and don't say. I would say the most hurtful thing is silence, is when people don't really? say anything at all. Mm. Um, silence really is deafening. And that's something that I've had to learn too, because I know for me in the past, like prior to kind of the past couple of years of just walking through all these different things, um, I tended to take that kind of route of someone's going through something hard. I don't really want to bring it up. I don't really know what to yeah, say. Yeah. I don't It'll be awkward. I don't yeah. want to be awkward. Yeah. And um, I found for me, and again, I don't want to speak for every like bereaved mother ever, but mm-hmm. uh, for me, anything, something, anything, even the wrong thing is better than nothing at all. So that, that mm-hmm. would probably be the, the first thing that I would say. Um, second, uh, hard things definitely got a lot of the, um, at least phrases. Uh, um, again, I get it. Like yeah. I've said, um, I've thought them. Um, so I want to be gracious there, but mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of the, like, at least you're young, at least, you know, yeah. he was born into your family mm-hmm. and at, at least, 
You have, I have two um, children. I actually just, this is kind of a side note, but um, gave birth last year um, mm-hmm. to a set, another set of twins. Uh, wow. and girl yeah. were awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. So just, yeah, a lot is still a lot of that. At least you have your, your children that you do have. And it's kind of those things where you're like, well, yeah. like it's easy to say that, but then it's like, you look at your, you look at your children and it's like, well, if you lost one of your own children, you would never say, well, at least I still have it. It's, right, you can't, right. You can't, you like play that game when it comes to, to people. Yeah. yeah. You know? I yeah. understand what they're trying to do, but what it is doing is trying to diminish what you went through. And it's minimalizing Benjamin. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like, well, it could have been worse. So you shouldn't be sad about, and I understand there's trying to find a way to be a positive spin and not just harp on the negative mm-hmm. is what they're trying to do but what it comes across as is you shouldn't be that upset then because it yeah. could be worse right, right, right. of course right. everything could be worse yeah everything could be worse. you could yeah. always add a worse situation to it yeah. yeah so so what are some of the things that you are so happy that people said yeah so honestly how simple is this i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah nothing nothing added just just a very simple, I'm sorry, goes mm. such a long way, yeah. such a long way. So yeah. I think we make it a lot more complicated than than mm. it needs to be. And I still do it. I mean, I've, yeah. when I yeah. see people going through hard things, I even, and I tell them, I'm honest, I'm, I say, like, I know that there's nothing that can be said to fix this, but man, I wish there were something that could be said. Like, I just, you do, like, we, it's in us. We want to fix. We want to heal. Right. We want to connect. And, right. Um, and, mm. but yeah, I'm sorry. It goes a really yeah, long way. Yeah. Um, and also too, I would add to specifically to kind of the, um, and the, I'm speaking for a lot of child loss mamas that I know, um, talking about their children, saying their name, mm. you know, we want to talk about our children who have passed just as much as we talk about our kids who are alive mm-hmm. and we think about them just as much as we think about our other kids. So, um, just being able to say their name and even the yeah. painful stuff, it's, um, keeps their memory and their um, legacy alive. So Awesome. That's good. I took a, I had a counseling class once and, and I remember my, my professor talking about when you're with somebody who's going through a really difficult time, that the best thing you can do is jump in the casket with them and, mm. and be there for them and, and cry with them and don't try to give the answers to it, but instead just be there and, and love on them um, and try to feel what that person is feeling and let them know mm-hmm. that, they're, that they're not alone. And it sounds like that's, that's what, what's helpful for you. As well, sure. going through that. So, um, yeah. la- last question, Holly. Um, for anyone that's listening right now that mm. is going through something and they're the feelings that you had, the the anger, the doubting of, of their relationship with God, what what would you say to them? What encouragement would you give them? Mm. Oh man, I would love to. I would love to talk one on one with anyone. Yeah. Um, and that probably plays a part in my answer. Would be. Um, Surround yourself with community. Okay. Find community. Um, personally, I believe it's found best in the local church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of great, especially um, when we are going through trials and grieving. It is hard. It, it's easy to um, to go online and to find groups online, and there's so much um, goodness that can come out of that. But nothing can replace physically walking alongside people yeah. um, and having someone come to your home with a meal um, or meet you in person for a cup of coffee. So um, mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with community and yes, it takes vulnerability and yes, it takes time. And yes, um, all those things, um, you know, are hard and, and challenging, but it is so worth it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that would be my number one thing is, is find community. I really think that people, um, you know, we're meant to be the hands and feet of Christ. Um, we are the body of Christ. And 
not only will it bless you, um, the person grieving, but it also blesses others to be able to have that role of, of playing, you know, the role of Christ to you and, yeah. and serving you and supporting you. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Holly, we really appreciate you being uh, willing to share your story and being so vulnerable. And we're excited about you and your podcast called Through the Lens. And what's your co-host name? Yeah, so my co-host is Kristen, and Kristen is awesome. She's again a fellow child loss mama. So, mm-hmm. and how did you guys? How do you know each other? So we actually met, quote unquote, met um, through a Facebook group um, uh, for bereaved mm. mothers. Um, and there's kind of an offshoot of that group, specifically um, one on uh, faith in grief. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just kind of really connected um, through oh, there, great. and and just decided, you know, we're really trying to process through kind of suffering and sanctification and all these sorts of things um, together. And we're kind of benefiting from just chatting with one another. Let's bring some other people into this and let's kind of get this conversation started. I mean, the podcast world, like clearly there's no shortage of good podcasts out there. I mean, my (laughs) podcast feed is like filled to the brim with good, with good shows, but there's really nothing that we know of or knew of at the time of like kind of for um, specifically Especially before child loss, but mm-hmm. even just kind of miscarriage, infertility kind of world, um, there's very little um, looking at this sort of thing through the lens of the gospel. Yeah, so yeah. that's um, awesome. So we wanted to step in and start the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, where can people find your podcast? Find you on social media. Give them all all that good information. Yes. Yeah, so we are on Facebook and Instagram, and we are at Through the Lens Podcast. Okay. So definitely come find us. We would love to connect with you. Mm -hmm. Child loss, miscarriage, infertility, or just walking alongside someone who has experience or is going through any of those things. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Holly. We really appreciate your time and your story. And and, uh, we're excited for for your family and where you're at now and and how God Uh is shaping and molding you guys. And and little Gemma and what's your son's name as well? Chase. Yeah, Chase Chase and Gemma. Awesome. They they (laughs) look awesome. They look like a a lot of fun. And, and, God, and God's using you uh-huh. and your co-hosts in in your podcast, things like that, to share that story to other people that probably feel alone, that probably are going through that same stuff, that you yeah. probably could have used a podcast that was telling yeah, you absolutely. some totally. stuff during that. So um, you're yeah. taking... Um, a crap situation and using it for mm. God's glory, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so, thank so you for that. great job. So, yeah, um, we'll have all of the links on on our show notes. But Holly, thank you so much for being with us. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review to support the podcast. You can go to our Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash/NYMChristianPodcast music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.